Hello and welcome to episode 350 of Fergo on the Free. I'm that folks from Rugby Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRP. And joining me as always is the glorious League Freak, enjoying his Gold Coast coffee. And you can find him on League, uh, Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? Hi. I'm actually, believe it or not, I'm having Coke. All uh, right. With, with your coffee? No, no, no. Just Coke. I thought I'd grab a can of Coke and have some uh, favourites, dark chocolate favourites. That's a ticket. Yeah. Oh, yeah. None of that milk chocolate. I go for the dark chocolate. You don't want that watered down shit. Exactly. Um, it's episode 350. Yeah, congrats. Uh, yeah, congratulations. Should you, we you, celebrate somehow? You've been on all of them. I haven't been to 350 episodes yet. I, have I not missed one yet? No, you haven't. Okay. I, I've missed like several. I'm probably yeah, I'm probably languishing around 330. <laughs> <laughs> Is this going to be like one day with uh, Terry Lamb's record for first grade games where historians look back on our podcast and they fix it up down the track? Uh, possibly. Yeah. Although I think Terry Lamb's far more important than, than me. No, 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 no. No way. <laughs> uh, can't argue with a good old bar. Yeah, the funny thing is, okay, about that story. Mm-hmm. We're going to the actual, you know, what we did to change the record. Yeah. But um, when when we told Terry Lamb about it, he's like, I don't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) We went through all that effort to correct it. You're like, eh, who cares? It's funny. He's he's a really humble, very easy to talk to bloke. Yeah. I've never met Terry Lamb. Yeah. I had Sean from the the, – Rugby League Project website, the creator and mm-hmm. owner of it. He, uh, he he saw him at a function somewhere once. I think yeah. it was might have been he went went to a game at Stadium Australia, and his his company had um, got a yeah a corporate box or something, and Terry Lamb was near was in the next door one or something like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he told him about it all. He's like, yeah, thanks though, man. But yeah, I I don't mind. He said every every game felt felt rougher and rougher on me. <laughs> It's interesting how uh, sometimes you find out that some athletes just have a different perception of their achievements in the game. Like there are ones that they are very big into stats and and, and players that know all the milestones and they want to see their stats after the game and things like that. And then others that it, they they don't really recall a game all that well. They just go out and play it, and and you know, I guess that happens a lot with people that are um, naturally good footballers. Maybe that they don't have to think too much about it. That that's right. They just are uh, enjoying the moment. I guess what they're up yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's a rather uh, fun little story to get started on. Yeah, it is. Um, maybe, maybe that will be in the news. You know, it's funny when we get to grand final week. Mm-hmm. It's the first time all year where you get to see all of these backstories about players, and they're always in you know positive stories. You go, you wait all year to do this. Although it is funny because last year with the Panthers, all of a sudden half the team uh, was from a battling background and. Like we've talked about it before, how 
anybody that is a Panthers player, when you get into those big games, they always say that you you got away from possibly joining gangs, but only if you've got a certain skin color. It's really weird. <laughs> like, like there's heaps of players from Western Sydney that have always been in Panthers teams, and but they always seem to say only with players of certain skin colors, oh, they escaped a, a life of gang violence. It's like, this is a bit strange. Yeah, they're, they're, they're flirting. Yeah, yeah. They're flirting. They, they don't want to go all in. They're just dipping their toes in the water to see what sort of bite they get. Yeah, it's very weird. It's like, do you realise what you're doing? And I don't think that the, the journalists that write it would have any idea what they're doing because most journalists are sociopaths, so they don't know what they're doing. But, um, yeah, I always find that very off-putting. Yeah, it is. Quite, quite. Um, so, um, how many Panthers players, you know, avoided a life of street crime? Ah, oh, well, <laughs> half a dozen of them. Um, half a dozen. Yeah, yeah, half a dozen of them. And yeah, I always, I, mean, I, I just find that very strange. You know, it's, it's really. We know that we know that one of them avoided um, a, a career in pornography. Well, he didn't avoid it, did he? I think he was in it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, really, I, didn't I, I don't think he was very good at it, hence why he didn't end up in it. It was <laughs> a, a very, very brief um, moment for him there. I, I've got no idea. He didn't impress. I really tried to avoid that whole thing, hey? Yeah. It was just like, I don't know. It's just Which weird. It, Speaking of what players do in their off time, um, yes. how about the Melbourne Storm with, you know, that they lost to the Panthers and it was a tough game and stuff. And then there was two videos that come out. The first one had Brandon Smith um, and it looked like he dropped icing sugar or something all over a little table in a hotel room. And then... That can happen. Well, yeah. And then there was yeah. a second one where... Uh, Cameron Munster was dancing around on a table and I didn't study the video or anything all too much, but I saw people saying that it seemed like he had uh, a, a packet, a small packet in his hand that was full of like um, icing sugar or something. And that the storm have basically said that they're going to look into it all and stuff like that. It's uh, off the back of Reese Walsh, actually getting caught in possession of a small amount of cocaine. I'm not saying that these players had cocaine, obviously. That's no, no, no. I mean, there's an explanation for Cameron Munster. Yeah. Yeah, he's um just got into a relationship with Katie Holmes. Okay. That's why he's jumping around everywhere. Okay, yeah. I thought you were going to make an explanation for him having a packet of something. No, no, no. That was, that was just, um, you know, Icing sugar, because she's uh, quite a good cook, apparently. She's got a sweet tooth. Oh, absolutely. Um, she likes coconut tooth. ice. Yeah. And lots of icing sugar in that. Yeah. And um, as for, for Brandon Smith, yeah, nothing happened. We didn't see anything go on there. I did see some people um, making jokes about the fact he had a credit card on the table. All right. It was like... 
I don't know why why people make jokes about that. You still got FPOS cards, do we not? Yeah, everyone uses their cards these days. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a weird one. Like I I think about it this way, right? And I kind of think this way about a lot of the scenes we've seen in Melbourne in recent times. If you lock people down and put them in bubbles and basically tell them they can't really go out and stuff like that, there's going to be a cause and effect. And eventually you're going to get the effect, you know. And I'm I'm a little bit shocked that we didn't see more happening, to be honest with you. I think that there's been uh, – it's been pretty quiet considering touch wood. But, um, yeah, it's – I would wonder what the players think about the people that were t- video recording them because I'm sure they're pretty upset about that. And the fact that these videos just got out, it's really weird how they just got out so quickly. Yeah, it's it's amazing how so many NRL fans um, have friends who are willing to shit on their mates in order to either ruin their careers or make a few bob. I mean, with friends like that, who needs enemies? Yeah. Yeah, and, like, when I think about the players and the decisions they make, I, I know – look, I'm, I'm not a drugs person, you know. I never have been. And I know you don't even drink, like – No. So I know that we're pretty similar along those lines. I do drink, though. Um, but I, I have to say, if I was an NRL player, I would – I'd probably be too scared to do any drugs, hey? Like, I don't oh, think yeah. I'd do drugs anyway but I'd just be too scared of getting caught. I'd think to myself, look, I I earn hundreds of thousands of dollars and really all I've got to do is stay healthy and not do drugs, you know? And um, so that surprised me a bit. And, I've, you know, the reason they do cocaine is because it gets out of your system quickly. Um, you don't get two-year suspensions anymore if you do test positive out of competition for cocaine. Uh, not that I'm saying that that's what they've been doing. I'm all talking about Reese Walsh here, but it's just an interesting dynamic. The whole thing, it's no black and white. It's not a black and white issue in a lot of, in a, the way that a lot of people are talking about it. But at the same time, it's like, it's really basic. If one of the things that can ruin your career is to be caught doing drugs, man, I, I wouldn't be going near them personally. You'd think. You know, one, one of the AFL players that most people know about, Ben Cousins, you'd think mm-hmm. the saga that went on with his life would be enough of a, a lesson for all professional athletes in this country at least. Like, don't go down that avenue. Yeah. Well, th- that don't seem to... There's no, thought in that, there's no thought process going on. Just go, I want to do this, so let's go do it. Off yeah. they go. You go... But- but then again, then you've got the the thing of like people say, why do professional footballers or professional athletes in general think that they can get away with most thing most things? And it's because they can get away with most things. Yeah, like true. they literally do. They, so they are more often than not above the law. Yeah. And that's a problem. And it's not because the law puts them there, it's mostly because the sport does. 
Yeah, and people that are, you know, their jobs are aligned with performance. And if you are a coach or an administrator or whoever earning hundreds of thousands of dollars yourself, you know, why wouldn't you take a chance on somebody that does some dodgy stuff if it means you keep your job? Yeah. You know, we've seen that many, many times. Um, And it's that's why it's not a black and white issue. It's very, very complex. And, you know, I think it can be on the right side of the, the argument, but it doesn't really matter if you're on the right side of the argument if it doesn't align with what actually happens with reality. And you can say, well, it shouldn't be that way. And it's like, yeah, you're right. shouldn't be that way. But it is. And, it is. you know, all of the hand-wringing and stuff isn't going to change the fact that that's the reality of the situation. Correct. Fully agree. So that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> We thrashed um, that out. <laughs> we, we were talking before about, and when this isn't a grand final preview of this podcast, but we're talking a little bit before about the stories that have been written about the grand finals so far. And <clears throat> there was a great um, article here from Fox Sports about how the Panthers dabble in the dark arts and they've been known for pushing the boundaries of the rules. And we were having a bit of a chuckle about that before because it doesn't seem grounded in reality. No. Um, I think I was saying before, um, I like how in those headlines, Mm -hmm. they always put like one taken out of context quoted word and then they have a few other words in the headline and then they put another out of context quoted word and so on and so forth. Makes it rather complicated to read because you're reading quote words, quote words, quote words. And <coughs> the quotes are out of context. Yeah. And it's just one word every time. Like, you don't quote one random word. That that That's pointless. Yeah. And, and no, they do it. They, it's a they false do economy. With, There's nothing in that. But the thing is, too, they do it with their own talking heads who are saying outrageous shit anyway, so they can get outrageous quoted words out of them. Yeah, that's right. Because they know they're not going to get it from the people that they need to speak to about it. No, no. They, why would you talk to people that are actually involved in sport? So I was going to ask you, what sort of um, dark arts do you think they're getting involved in? Do you reckon black magic? Black magic, uh, sacrificing animals. There's no doubt about that. Supernatural powers. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you reckon they? Do you reckon they might beckon the dead? I think that's probably going a little bit too far. I think that's more of a um, uh, Super League slash West Tigers sort of thing. Um, no, no, they they mimic the dead. That's <laughs> a bit different. That's a bit different. Close, but a bit different. And there's no mag- there's no magic at the Tigers either. I've seen some I've seen some Super League clubs sign some players, and I'm like, he's still alive. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's a weird one. Um, you know, and, and I, we were I was reading the article to Andrew just before, and they were talking about the training incident from a couple of weeks ago, which I don't know that everyone stopped crying about that yet because the exact same thing happened last week 
and the Storm did it to the Panthers, and I haven't heard too much about that. But uh, it's just weird to see these these people that are in the mainstream media try and make stories. They try and create stories that aren't actually based in reality. And we saw them do it to the Melbourne Storm for a very long time. And I guess in a way it's kind of cool that they're doing it to the Panthers because they only do it to good teams. Um, but, yeah, it's it's very strange to see it. And when you read these quotes and things from these people and you're like, what are they talking about? Like, it's a football team. Just chill out. Then They're not doing anything illegal. Like, I can't think of anything that the Panthers do that – I would deem to be even really out of the ordinary. Like their defense is fantastic, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not like, you know, the other day we were talking about Brian Smith and Brian Smith coach Parramatta teams and they would slow down everything when they were playing the Broncos. Yep. And that was completely legal. Like there was nothing illegal about what they did. But it's not even as though Penrith do something weird like that. Like they just kind of play football. And I don't know where this whole perception of, like, they do illegal stuff comes from. It just sort of seems to be the media trying to make something up and then you hear people kind of parrot what the media has said, unfortunately. Do you reckon it might be because they might have hired David Copperfield and John Edwards to be trainers? Imagine that. That's, I mean, that's a pretty good combination right there. It would be pretty cool. You'd get, uh, I mean, trying to think of the different things. Maybe that would be a really good training tactic. Get David Blaine in and get him to, like, lock players in ice for three weeks. They have to live in a block of ice. That's their pre-season training. David Copperfield, he'd just go, he'd go to, uh, say, like, Jerome Luai and just say, I've now made your concussion disappear. (laughs) Someone did. Go back Uh, onto the field. (laughs) You'll be fine. But can you think of anything that the Panthers have done that's like... No. Every club has trainers Mm. that will either stop play or will be told to stop play by their coach. We saw this in the West Tigers doco. And no one, no one was surprised. We all know it's been going on. Yet for some reason... The media decides to get all pissy when Penrith do it in the you know in the finals. Mm. I I don't know. I'm not saying there's bias here or there. I just think it's stupid that all of a sudden they've decided that they're going to get a bee in their bonnet about something that every team has always done. Yeah. Well, let's not say always. It's something that every team has been doing ever since the rules changed, mm-hmm. and teams need to find a way to have a break somewhere, and so they'll find a stoppage wherever they can. And every team does it. Yeah, every single time. It happened to Penrith the week later, you know, and I just don't understand the whole... It's the um, dumbest thing to get pissy over, but that's what they do. They don't know how to actually report on the game. mm -hmm. So they go, let's find something to pick at, and we'll just keep picking away at it until it becomes a bigger thing. And that's all they're doing. Do you think that there's something in the way that the mainstream media... Like, they build up certain teams to be bad, you know, and they did that with the Melbourne Storm. And, look, the, there were things that you can pick on the Melbourne Storm about, and the biggest one's salary cap issues that they had. You can't get around that. But 
whenever I have watched the Melbourne Storm play, I've I've always loved it because it's like you're watching rugby league at its best when you watch the Melbourne Storm play. Um, but the media would, you know, get on their case like they were the worst thing in the world and everything they did was, you know, some sort of almost an attack on rugby league itself. It's kind of strange. And it seems like they're kind of turning that that spotlight onto the Panthers a little bit. And I don't know, I just find it a little bit strange because I go into this grand final and obviously I'm biased, I'm a Panthers fan, but I just think this is a really cool grand final. It's a very different game. It's the oldest club in the game versus, you know, a team that comes from probably the most hardcore rugby league area in the world. And it's just all positive. I don't get the negativity. It's, it's weird to me. You're not trying hard enough. Maybe not. I, maybe I need to uh, be a miserable cunt like these fucking jur- so-called journalists and talking exactly heads. exactly what you've got to do, man. You've yeah. got to find some reason to hate the opposition, hate the game, hate something in there. I know. I think I like rugby league too much, huh? Yeah, that's, that's the problem. problem. Um, yeah. I'll tell you what, though. Mm-hmm. I've got something that I reckon you might not just like but love. Okay. That happened this week in rugby league. All right. That was Peter Volandi's suit at the Dally M's. I tell you what, um, I don't know what Asha he got that suit off of. You know, it, it reminded me of the suit that um, old style movie Ushers used to have. I never actually saw one person wear one, but remember the movie Last Action Hero where the guy, yeah, and he had one, I think it was red from memory, but it looked like a blue one of those. (laughs) This thing was neon. Yeah, it wasn't even like you could look at it and say, oh, it's a dark blue one, it's a bit of a bold. Like, this thing was blue, blue, blue. Yeah, it was electric blue. Yeah, it was very strange. An interesting choice. Absolutely. What makes um, a, an old man decide to wear that suit? I I don't know. It's um, it was bold. Yeah, I'll and give him that. It was really bold. I I just don't understand it. Do you reckon he won a bet? I don't know. For anyone who doesn't know, if you're a PlayStation Four fan, the <laughs> light on your controller that. That sort of intensely blue colour. That's that's what he was. It's exactly that colour. It's insane. Exactly. It's insane. I I don't know. Um, but the other big talking point was obviously uh, Oshay Ole. Yeah, Oshay Ole. Yeah, he's he had a good season. I was although I was surprised he was that high up. Oshay, I thought that um, his season was all right. Solid, solid effort. I think um, I think that one point he got was well-deserved. Yeah. He made a tackle. And look, to be honest, when you're playing for Manly and um, Tom Trevojevic is in fine form, he can only take three points. Yeah, yeah. And everyone else is just a passenger to the, to the Tommy Turbo show. So <laughs> if you just do one or two little good things here and there, you're a good chance of scoring a few points. And uh, Ole, mate, that... He, he made a tackle. It was a good tackle. It was effective. Wrapped the ball up, player on the ground, slowed it down a little bit. That's all you could ask for. 
you and I didn't watch the Dally M's because they they split yeah they split it in two and it's hard enough to watch at the best of times but the idea of watching it twice is just you can't do that to yourself. Um, what did you think of Tommy Turbo getting the Dally M? I thought it was a given. Yeah, I thought it was pretty much nailed on a number of weeks before the season finished. You can always tell when the media is really behind someone. Like, I remember that season where, might have been last year, where um, the Knights had a bit of a run and they just didn't shut up about Mitchell Pearce. Mm -hmm. And then when you watch the Dally M's and he just started getting three points, three points, three points, and you're like, I watch these games. This is (laughs) silly, (laughs) you know? Yeah, it was getting a bit crazy. Yeah. Um, The only thing I definitely didn't agree with was – Kick out getting second row of the year. Yeah, I found that very strange. I, I think he's had a real average season. I think he's only had a couple of really good games this year. Um, there was also, didn't Justin Olam not get the center of the year? Which, I, I like, he, I think he didn't get in the center, in the center team for the centers, which is weird. Like, yeah. Like, he just has to be in there. It was cool to see Matt Burton get in there, though. I thought that he deserved to be in there. Oh, and definitely. I was kind of shocked at how many Panthers there were in that side. Oh, well, given that they've been at the top of the, the ladder for the best part of the two years, it didn't surprise me that they had a lot of plays there. I just thought it was a bit odd that one of their less consistent players this year mm. was one of the guys to get uh, get an award. Kind yeah. of seemed a bit weird. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But who would you say would have been more deserving of second rower of the year? Uh, it, it is a good question. Yeah. Um, yeah, gee. Just trying to think now who would you like would you say Jesse Bromwich is a second rower? No, he's a front row. Yeah, see, that's that's the thing. He um, runs pretty wide, though. Yeah, but he's not out. We're, I mean, we're looking at forward to running the Ellis Corridor these days. Yeah, true. He's, and he's not that wide. I'm um, such a big fan of Jesse Bromwich. Hey? I think he's amazing. Oh, he's a very good player, there's no doubt about it. Mm. Uh, who else was there? Uh, let's see. Like, I'm trying to think of somebody Ang- that... Angus Crichton didn't have too bad a season. Tarek Sims wasn't too bad. Yeah, um, you know what? Angus Crichton's a really good one, actually. Uh, Colin Matangi wasn't too bad for South Caesar this year. Who else was there? Um, I bet there's someone obvious we're missing, eh? David Fafita was on and off. Look, he scored so many tries, you would have thought that he would have got a lot of points just from that. Yeah. Um, just a bit looking at the list there. There's not a, a huge range that jump out at you. Is uh, I think his name's Barnett for the Knights. Mitch Barnett. Oh, look, I've got I've got huge wraps on Mitch Barnett. I think he's a bloody great player. Yeah. But um, he's not the sort of player that's going to stand out as a – you know, like your X factor type of player who's going to get a lot of points and things like this. He's well, just... that's that's the thing. Like you kind of think of all the second rows and you go like, well, he had a good season. He had, but you're trying to think of somebody that's like 
done like he's had those games. I guess that's the thing about Kicker. When he does have a good game, he he's like a destroyer of worlds. Problem is they don't happen very often anymore. Elliot Whitehead? Yeah, I would have been happy to see him. Even in a, a beaten uh, Raiders team, he was very good. Although, One of their best players all year, if not the best all year. Yeah, even though Ricky Stewart kept on chucking him out in the centres for some weird reason. But uh, he was fantastic this year. Mm. Yeah, I think there's, I mean, there's a few options there which you could probably look at. Mm. Um, I think any of the players that we just named, if they'd have been named instead, I wouldn't have batted an eyelid. I no, wouldn't have, I, 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 and I definitely wouldn't have said, oh, I can't believe they got in over kick out, you know? Yeah, I mean, even even Isaiah Papali, I mean, God, he started the season strong. He faded mm-hmm. a little bit in the back end. And that was mostly because Parramatta's attack became a little bit too one-dimensional, and so he was easier to shut down. Yeah. But the start of the year, man, he was he was untouchable. Yeah, and like I think he's best their play, best player all year, um, and he just brought something extra. Like he, he was one of the few uh, Parramatta players that you really worried was going to break the game open. Yeah, absolutely, and he didn't quite go. As far wide as the Ellis Corridor. He was just infield from that a little bit. So it made him a little bit more dangerous. Yeah, he played like an actual wide forward. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a normal one. Yeah, it's nice to see. <laughs> it was it was a good change, good change. Um, so yeah, other than that, I think it was all, all pretty good. Um, they still, did they still dish out that silly headline of the year award? I honestly don't know. Like, I paid such little attention to it. I don't know what happened in the first show. Um, oh, they, I, they, they, I believe they led into it with NRL 360. And I mean, uh, if you want a warm-up show for a boring award show, <laughs> that is not the way you do it. <laughs> no. No, that's a, that's a rough one. You kind of need to pump people up before you start deflating them. With there was definitely... There was definitely an effort to make it quieter this year, and I'd love to know what that was. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was really weird. The The two nights thing mm-hmm. was just pointless. It made, wonder, made no sense. I wonder if the NRL is looking to more back the that Players' Champion Award, I think it's called, that the Rugby League Players Association is doing. Maybe. Be- I, I, I was worried that what they were going to try and do was mm-hmm. turn the Dally M's into an event like the Brownlow Medal where they read out the votes from every single game from round one all the way through to the end. And it goes on forever. I thought maybe that's what they're doing. They're going to get all those other minor awards away, get them out of the way in the first week. The second week, have that full two-hour period open and just read out the votes from every fucking game. I don't know if that's what happened or not, but I just had that was the feeling I thought they were working towards. I don't know why. But yeah. People in Melbourne love to sit there and watch the the Brownlow count because what are they going to do? Tag some walls, drink some mud. You know, you can only do that so often before it starts to get a bit boring. You need to mix things up by sitting in front of your TV and looking at a bloke reading numbers for a few hours. Exactly. It's uh it makes you wonder what would be a way to modernize the Dally M award ceremony because we definitely need it to be an awards night, but it it's just so stale and old feeling and it just feels like something that 
Um, I don't know. I can't imagine the players enjoy it because I watch it and I don't enjoy it. Like, it's just a grind. It's a real grind. And you kind of watch it and you think, I should be enjoying this. This is rugby league and, and stuff, but it's it's really rough. Remember they had that year where they had it at Sydney Town Hall and they played the old organ? And yes. somebody would have – somebody, and they kept on saying, this organ is like 100 and something years old. And it's like, yeah, but you, why are we listening to a fucking old organ? Was that in 2000? Four or two thousand five. It was around that 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 time. Yeah, I've got a feeling I attended that. Really? Yeah. So I've never been to one. What was it like to be there? Boring as batshit. Yeah, it seems so like at the town hall. What happened was, um, we went into the seating in the in the top area, mm-hmm. and we looked down on the floor mm-hmm. where all the players were, and we sat there, starving. While we watched all of these, you know, highly paid athletes eating as much food as they can, <laughs> and then the awards went on mm. and on and on and on and on and on, and then after three hours, we left. I mean, we had enough blood sugar in our system to actually get ourselves to the train station to get food. Mm-hmm. We weren't allowed to. We couldn't buy any foods or drinks there. We couldn't eat or drink anything there. Mm. Had to sit there and shut up and watch watch rich men eat. So we it, it, it was a really good class system. They, they, <laughs> did, they did flip it around a bit because at least in this one the the lower class was seated higher up. <laughs> it, was, it was all a bit confusing. Yeah. Hang, hang on, we're looking down. We're supposed to be looking down on minions, but we're looking down on the upper class. Like, really I weird. wonder if you could have some way where you. Um, I, I don't know how you would do it. I, I, like, I would get away from an old venue. I would take it somewhere that's a newish venue. And then I wonder if you could have it where maybe, and this is, you couldn't do this with COVID around, but like have maybe some of your members there and get them all dressed up in team gear and the players can be there. And like, it would be cool to see like some of the members you know, clapping for the players and, and being behind them when they're up for an award, something along those lines. They definitely need to cut their speeches short. I don't think I've seen too many Dallium speeches, and I'm not talking about the players winning, I'm talking about the presenters. Unless you're non-proven, I, I don't really want to hear what you've got to say. Yeah, <laughs> you know true. what I mean? Yeah, uh, I, I can definitely agree with that. Um. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know how you mix it up and make it better. Yeah, I think the only way you can go about it is not read out the vote count. But you know, you need to try and do something to try and let people know that you know we're building to some sort of big awards thing. What if they had it like the Price Is Right, and they have you know the guy that climbs the mountain, <laughs> and so they say like they've got. They got the top five Dally M contenders going into the last like five rounds, and they go, "Okay, here's Nathan Cleary." And it's like, "You're Lee, you're Lee, you're Lee." That'd be so much more exciting. As stupid as that is, what what they could do, I guess, is you get your normal votes. Yeah, run the random and say, "Right, that ends our preliminary voting. Now we'll do kind of a super league thing." We'll open it up to the to the SMSs. 
<laughs> SMS who you think should win the Dally M from here, and that way you can have the Players Award, you know, like the fans' choice, yeah. as well as the Dally M. Roll them all together. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. There's just got to be some way to make it better, you know? Yeah, I, I've got no idea. Um, maybe get Paul Vaughan in to have a barbecue. Can you imagine that? To, he seems to know how to throw a good party. Yeah, he does. He does. Get him in. Maybe uh, some of the Storm Boys, Reese Walsh. Oh, yeah. Have the Lifetime Achievement Award. Bring back Julian O'Neill. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> now we're talking. Now yeah. we're talking. Yeah. Um, That's pretty much all the news for the week. Yeah, there's not too much more. The only one is that uh, Jamal Fogarty is set to be released by the Titans. Yeah, there's talk that he could be going to the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, that's and been rumor for about a week and a half now. The Warriors, for some reason, are strongly linked to signing Ash Taylor, yes. and it means that Canberra will then either be signing Fogarty, and if they can't get Fogarty, then they'll be going after um, Harris Tevita from the Warriors. Who apparently do... that's where Raiders are looking. It's at those two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the only other thing that I've really heard outside of are still in the grand final preview, is that uh, Isaac Luke will be ringing the bell for the um, South Sydney Rabbitohs ahead of the grand final, which is pretty cool. Uh, Yeah, so that's that's pretty cool. He retired this week from the game. Uh, One of my favourite players, Isaac Luke. I I loved Isaac Luke as a player. Ringing the bell for South, don't care. (laughs) <laughs> I like it. It's something different. I don't mind them ringing the bell. Who rang the bell for the uh, 2014? Don't know. Don't care. Oh, I'd love to know. I anyway. think it was... Was it... Um, uh, John Sattler. Was that Clive Churchill's wife? Uh, I, can't, I can't remember. I don't know. I just don't know. See either that or it was Rusty himself. Well, if, look, if it was Rusty himself, I, w- I would say good person to have rang it for their first grand final since they come back. Because, damn, he you can't fault what he has done with that club and the commitment he's shown. Remember when he was, uh, and I don't like bringing up bad stuff, but when he, he was getting a divorce and he thought he might have to sell the Rabbitohs, and he mm. didn't. That was... That was uh, it showed his commitment to the club, you know. I I just think he's done so well for that club, and I remember all the criticism that come from, you know, people that didn't want to give up their places at the club when Crow was trying to sign it, and there was a real campaign run against him and what he was going to do to the club. You can't argue with a single thing. I think he has preserved the tradition of the club. I think he has shown absolute reverence for the club on every single level, and I just don't see a single bad thing that he's really done with the club since being an owner. And and as we've talked about before, when he's, he's that sort of owner that is perfect where he stays out of the running of the club, but is like, if you need me to come in and wine and dine some big-name player, you just call me and I'm there. And that's the perfect owner for a club. Yeah, the only controversy I can remember him being involved in, mm-hmm. and it's not even controversy, people just got pissy over it, was um, when he chose to get rid of cheer girls. 
Yeah, and he, he replaced them with dramas. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure it would be nice if the, if the you know, the cheer squad could remain in there because it was obviously a, it's a source of income for a lot of these people. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, as far as scandals go within the club during his tenure, it's, that's the worst of it, and it's it's not that bad, really, when you think about it. Yeah, exactly. Like, the only other things that have happened have kind of been individuals, uh, players. It, it hasn't really been a club thing. No, that's right. There's a whole dust-up with um, Luke Keery, I guess. Yeah, I guess that that's probably the closest. And there was a lot of talk about how he didn't get on with Keery or something like that. But, you know, it, like, the way I see it, when... When a player has moved on or told that they're not wanted at a club anymore or something like that, they're going to be angry. They're going to yeah. be, they're you know, there's going to be resentment, and that's fine. And I, I wouldn't even say he doesn't deserve to be resentful. It just is what it is. Yeah, exactly. Um, have we had any emails? Yes, we have. Let me go to the website. I should have brought those emails up about 45 minutes ago, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Let me just bring them up. Are you suggesting that you you were asked about this prior to the podcast? Yes, I was, and I confidently said, "Oh yes, yes, we do have emails." Um, come on, load up. Okay. Uh, okay. So I think these are yes, these are Newy Ash. Newy Ash has sent us two emails. So these were from the twenty third of September. Okay. So he says on the first one, hey, fellas, two quick questions. Number one, how do you rate Jamal Fogarty at halfback? I read a tweet that the Raiders are signing him, and while I haven't seen a lot of him, the small amount I have seen of him I've really liked. Yeah, look, I think Fogarty's a he's a, he's a sort of very calm, controlling halfback. So if you've got a, a good 5.8, especially a ball-running one, so a Whiten, for example, I think I think Fogarty would work really well beside him because he can do a lot of the playmaking, the controlling of the game, and most of the kicking duties as well. And he does it all comfortably. And so it just allows Whiten to do what he does best. Um, so I, I think Fogarty would be a really good pickup for Canberra if he does go there. Um, yeah. So I, I, I do rate him. I think he's a pretty good halfback. Yeah, that like he's definitely better than what they've got. Um, I thought that the second part of his season was a bit average, but hopefully that's just a form thing. And, you know, he's a he's a very experienced uh, Queensland Cup halfback, and he's done well for the – like, you look at w- when he came in for the Titans, they were really struggling for direction, and he's done well for the Titans. So, yeah, I don't mind him at all, at all. Um, the second question – from New Ash here. He says, World Rugby is introducing weekly caps on full contact training because their research showed about one-third of injuries happen at training. What kind of fallout effects do you reckon this will have? And do you see the NRL implementing something similar in the near future? Cheers, Ash. Mm, I don't know. I don't think there'll be any changes until... You know, if if some sort of serious thing like that came up, but we don't hear of too many injuries happening at training anyway in NRL games, and I'm not sure that they do that much um, 
full contact training, they're going to do some, mm. but they're not going to do a whole heap of it because they don't want to run that risk of getting injured. They want to try and help their players recover. So a lot of the stuff they'd be doing will be skills, skills training, mm-hmm. and the tackles will just be um, you run at someone and hold them. You're not going to try and crunch them and smash them into the ground or anything like that. Um, and any sort of tackling will be on the ground wrestling. Yeah. So you, you won't be running at one another. You're holding each other, and then you're trying to throw each other to the ground. So it takes a lot of the um, impact out of the game and a lot of that collision sort of injuries out of it. Um, so I'm, I'm not too sure that it's going to be that big of a deal. The the thing that rugby rugby union has to do where they, they can't avoid that heavy sort of contact is scrummaging. Yeah. Uh, so you can't sort of do that softly or gently. You do have to just kind of rip in and, there's a lot of leg driving and stuff going on in there. So the chances of getting injured in that is going to be a lot higher. I would also guess that, and, and I've never seen a rugby union team train. No one has. But uh, I I would guess that you would have to practice uh, the breakdown in a rugby union match as well. And just with that many bodies sort of in the same area, I can see where you'd pick up uh, injuries from that. But uh, yeah, I'm not shocked. Sorry. And every every ruck and maul is completely different. So what you do in training is going to be different to what happens on the field. Yeah, uh, I guess lineouts too. They they must practice lineouts. Which if you drop someone the wrong way in a lineout, I could see where just lineout training. I could see where that could be a problem as well. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, shock horror. Rugby union players want to train less. <laughs> Uh, here's another one from Nui Ash. He sent to us two emails. He sent them sent them a couple of hours uh, different from one another. It's pretty funny. Uh, but we appreciate them, Nui Ash. Thanks for sending them. He says, gentlemen, I am confused and require counselling. What better place to come for counselling than to talk to us, eh? Professionals. I reckon. I watched an episode of the Matthew Johns podcast. This is your first problem. <laughs> on, on KO you, you, do, you do need help <laughs> yeah you're crazy that's my person um and he said he saw it on KO which I assume is also his podcast and he said where he discussed various rugby league issues with Cooper Cronk the two of them discussed strategies and plays in general with great insight and it was so enjoyable I watched the whole thing there is no old men arguing no journalists with fabricated scoops, no no dumb jokes or stupid stories. Can you please explain what is happening to me and what I can do to ensure I don't get on the slippery slope which ends with me laughing at Nathan Hindmarsh's weight or thinly veiled Brian Fletcher Uber jokes? <laughs> Jeez. I think they, they slipped that episode in. Just to try and catch people out. It's and called so a people, false sense people, of security. Yeah, people tune in going, oh, they actually talked about football. And yeah. it was actually decent. Yeah. And so they go, I might tune in next week so they talk about there. And next week you tune in and go, oh, it's just bum jokes and Hindi's got a gambling problem and fletches into the bloody little bags of whatever it is he gets out of little bags and mm-hmm. Matty Johns is laughing at his own jokes, that sort of shit. Nathan Hindmarsh didn't win a premiership. Yeah, that that's another stuff. classic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's 
that that's all we'll do. You won't get another one of those episodes until I suppose five years time. Yeah, I would say to New Yash, quit while you're ahead with that. Yeah, you you've lucked out. Um, they say good things come in threes, and that was a Matty Johns podcast. I mean, that's got to be worth two because <laughs> you you saw it and listened to it. Um, so if I were you, I'd probably go and buy a lotto ticket. And you know, if you win a few million, given that we gave you that advice, we do we do wouldn't say expect. That's a bit flimsy. I'd say demand that you give us. Yeah, let's let's do a fifty fifty cut. Half. Yeah, half. It's like oh, Bad yeah. Santa. Have you ever seen Bad Santa? No. Half. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, that that's the only emails we have because apparently the rest of our listeners don't want to talk to us. That's their loss. Yeah. You bastards. <laughs> that's entirely their loss. Actually, if you've got a – you know what? We'll, we'll do it through Twitter, I think. We'll put up a tweet that if you've got any questions leading into the grand final, ask them on Twitter. But we'll do it. We'll only read the ones that are in a reply to a tweet, which we'll probably put out after this podcast, and we'll uh, answer questions about the grand final. That'd be cool. And we reserve the right to change your question. Yes, and your name. <laughs> and your name. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's unfair. We're in control of this fucking show. We basically plan to take everyone out of context. That's the plan. We're going to just quote like three words that you say <laughs> and and separate them by about three or four sentences because that's you, the way it's done. So you would go like, New Yash questions Jamal Fogarty. <laughs> <laughs> that would be one of them. <laughs> um, what would be another one? It would be... Uh, I, the, no, the headline would be, I'm confused, says Nui Ash. <laughs> that would be the other one. Uh, yes, that would be. But I did hear about that Matty Johns podcast with, yeah. with Cooper Cronk. Um, I think the only reason why that happened mm-hmm. is because Cooper Cronk has zero personality. So the only way to get around having him on is just to talk about football um, yeah, intricacies. Yeah. Because that's we, all you're uh, going to get out of him. I got yeah, I got a question for you. Yeah. Is Cooper Cronk, Cronk really that good? People as... say how great he is. Uh, like as a as an analyst and talking I about fi- the game. I find Annis to be a little bit better. So do um, I. Cronk's not bad. I think the problem I get with Cronk though is that um he only really understands what the halves do, which is handy because a lot of play runs through them. But you see with Ennis, he understands, you know, not just the hooking duties, which he had to do, but also how the work they do helps the forwards, which helps lay a foundation for the halves, which then leads onto the backs. And, you know, it's got that big flow-on effect. And that's a rather important thing to have. Um, I found watching the West Tigers doco thing, the few moments that you heard Robbie Farrar talking tactics with the players, mm-hmm. very similar thing. He understood how each thing that each player did had a flow-on effect to another player and how it impacted elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Whereas you hear a lot of Kronk's talk is all about just that one player and what they do. Um, so I find 
yeah, I do find Ennis to be a better analyst. I've, I know people have talked about Billy Slater's work. I've never heard it because I just don't watch Channel Nine. Yeah. Um, so I'll have to try and find a game where he's on there and listen to some of his analysis to get a better opinion of it. But at this stage, I'm, I'm more of a, uh, more of an Ennis fan when it comes to the analytical part of the game. Yeah, I also think there's a, the way that you convey your message as an analyst is really important because I don't like, as you said, Kronk's boring and I don't know. I just feel like he's never really said anything that I've gone, Oh, that's interesting. Uh, Billy Slater, especially when he first joined nine was just amazing. Um, the, the nine commentary is kind of a minefield at the moment because there's so many of them are so bad and I, Slater hasn't called a huge amount. They're kind of, you know, Channel Nine's like they sign up 57,000 former football players and think that it's a cool thing that you just rotate through them as quickly as possible. But, uh, but yeah, I've really, I think Billy Slater's been the best one for a long, long time. Um, and I like Ennis just because I think that, I like the way that he gets his message across. Sometimes he'll say something that you're like, well, that's absolutely outrageous. But for the most part, he's pretty spot on. And then you get someone like a Braith Anasta, who's just a, a, he's a genius. He's working on a level that we can't understand <laughs> to bring comedy into rugby league the way he does and to do it with just a straight face is amazing. He, he's got that deadpan face thing going on. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Love his work. Huge fan of the Anasta work. See, it took me a while to get what he was doing. Yeah, I initially once, thought he was just being serious all the time. But once I got it, I went, fuck, this is just brilliant. Yeah, he the needs his, he, He's the one who needs his own show. He really does. He needs – it leads to be like a Nasta and a sidekick, but I don't know who the sidekick would be. You'd have to choose a sidekick really well. Yeah, I don't know who you'd pick that. Can you imagine a show that is just Anasta talking to Craig Bellamy about rugby league? Oh, that would be that would be <laughs> divine. It would be perfect. Just talking tactics. That'd be. Or brilliant. what about? Okay, here's your show, right? You pay Craig Bellamy five hundred thousand dollars to allow Braith Anasta to sit next to him in games, and when something goes wrong, Braith Anasta asks him questions. And gives him advice on tactics. Oh, just giving him advice. That'd be brilliant. Hey, that Craig, I don't good. think you should have had your centre running out there like that. Fuck yeah. off, you fucking bastard. Oh, yeah. uh, that's, all from, that's all from me in the box. Back to you guys. <laughs> he goes off in the corner and cries for a little bit. <laughs> it would be so good. He's like, uh, Braith, you ready for, yeah, just a little bit of we come out. I'll be okay. <laughs> Mummy. <laughs> I'm trying to think who else would be good to have Braith and Nasta alongside. Jason um, Taylor. Jason Taylor? Why Jason Taylor? Imagine the genius out of those two. <laughs> I, th- I think Jason Taylor. You know, if you wanted to make a Nasta lovable, yeah. you put him with Taylor. Mm-hmm. And at the end, if a Nasta's getting upset with him, it's in his contract that he's allowed to punch Taylor in the face if he likes. Remember when Anasta got punched in the face and he got sent off for it? I know. Got... That, was, that was some of his best comedy work. I, I, I never saw Anasta 
as doing slapstick. But man, that was phenomenal. He took that punch to be fair to him. He took it. Oh yeah. As a, he, took, as a, he took it well because he was he wasn't he wasn't squarely on his feet either when he got hit, mm. and he only took like one or two turns, yeah, you know, steps back as he turned around, clutching his face, going, "What the fuck did just happen to me?" Yeah, he didn't go down on a knee, he didn't fall over, and he got punched in the in the jaw or in the nose or something like that. And he stood back up and he's like, "What the fuck was that for?" And then he got <laughs> penalised. <laughs> yeah, so that was the craziest one. That was crazy. But, yeah, I, I like both the Nasta. I also like, uh, when it comes to the commentators, I do like Dan Ganane. I, I know you're not a fan of Dan Ganane's calls, but I like Dan Ganane's calls. Um, hey? You know, I'd like it if you didn't think that he needed to have a fucking catch cry. Because every, every fucking game, as soon as someone runs away and scores, he's, he's got to pull out the old, goodbye. Yeah. Man, don't. Just don't fucking do that. It sounds stupid. I wonder if that's something that you pick up in radio. I wonder if people would say that we have things that we, uh, we've we got that are catch cries, you know, and we don't even realise it. We've never repeated anything we've said before. Never, ever. Justin Potato. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I also like uh, Warren Smith. He's good. Um, yeah. I like uh, Brandy's commentary. I know some people don't like Brandy's commentary. I've got no problems with it. I don't know what people are whinging about. Um, I, you know, I actually don't mind most of the most of the Fox Sports commentary team. I've, I don't really have an issue with them. No. Um, they generally stick to the game, what's going on there. Mm-hmm. They don't stray from it. Um and when they do, it's very short and they get back to the game. That's all I want in a commentator. I don't need fucking old blokes gibbering on about some crap that went on last week or last year or 15 fucking years ago and gibbering on and gibbering on, gibbering on. You're there to call the game. You just call the fucking game. Telling to feel good telling you that he knew that uh, Stephen Crichton would be a, a, a good player. It's like he's only 21 now. Yeah. What are you talking about? I can't believe that the young super athlete was going to be a good football player, hey? Who knew? Mm. Shock horror. Gus knew. Oh, man. Anyway, we should wrap this one up. Let people know that we'll be doing a grand final preview. I might get our stats. Do you reckon I could get our stats people to put some stats together for the grand final? Fucking nice. Excellent. We'll get the interns onto it. Yeah, we'll get all the important stats. Not the shit you'll see in all your betting websites. We'll get the important stats to you. That would be very cool. Yeah. I'll have to figure out what they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a head-to-head. Uh, what a... Just, yeah. just I'll, 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 I'll just look at some betting websites and see what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> just flat out head-to-head. Last five. I like it when it's like in their last ten meetings. That stat means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing you can get out of last ten meetings, unless it's something like ten nothing, and even then, like you're closer to a loss than you are to a win, you know. Well, that's true. But we'll we'll see. I'll see what I can drum up. See if I can okay. find something pertinent that you can actually hang your hat on. That would be cool. Something yeah. that when I'm at dinner parties, I can say while I'm drinking a dry martini, and people go, "Oh, I didn't even know that." <laughs> There you go. I'll, I'll work on that for you. See what I can get for, get you. 
Excellent. Excellent. You make sure you get yourself your martinis. I will. I don't even know what that is, but... Something with an olive in it. Yeah. And they're dry. Yeah. I'll, I'll leave you with that. Did they not used to be a sponsor of a Formula One car? That's a shit joke. Anyways, um, that's a dad joke. That is. It is. It is. That's a dad joke that appeals to about zero point zero one percent. That appeals to you. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's like me and Martin Brundle would have got that. (laughs) That's it. No one else is on that level. Very exclusive group. That one. Yeah. Um, People, if you want to get in touch with us, check us out on the socials at uh, LinkedIn. Facebook, YouTube, um, we're all over those. We're also on Instagram and Twitter at Virgo Freak Pod, so give us a follow over there. Um, make sure you go to our website and leave a comment. How can they do that, Freaky? If they put into, if they open their phone, they'll have a, a browser on their phone or their computer that they can view the internet through. Um, put in com into the top of that and press enter. That will load up a screen that will be our website. If you go to a contact section there, it's a button that says contact and it will allow you to send us an email through the next page that loads up. There we go. You and send us some your flogs. You cannot ask for a better step-by-step guide than that. Even if you're new to the internet, you've just figured out how to use the fucking thing. Exactly. We like Brilliant. to help the people on this podcast. That's right. That's right. Everybody gets to have a fucking crack. Um, now, also, make sure you give us a five-star rating and a review on your podcast listening app, website, whatever the fuck you use. Um, and we will read that out on the, on the uh, next episode. And we'll also pop it up on the website. So you'll get famous forever. What more can you ask for? Yeah, and put something weird into the to your review. Like, say, oh, it's a really good rugby league podcast, and they cover this, this, this. And then, like, say something really weird or creepy. Yeah. That would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll do that. And uh, that pretty much wraps this, this turkey up. Yeah, it's been a good episode. Um, thank you for being along for most of the 350 podcasts that we've done. No worries. I'll, um, um we'll, if I get a chance, I might try to figure out how many I've actually been on so we can celebrate the one when we've done 350 together. That would be cool. Hey, there you go. <laughs> there's, there's an achievement. Now we're on our way to 400. We're, we're starting to get into that Cameron Smith territory. Yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll piss him off. We'll, we'll have him smashed in no time. Easy, fucking easy. Yeah, he, he took what eighteen years to do four hundred. We're, we're doing what three? Yeah, has it been three? It's coming up on three. I three. I think it's three in March next year, isn't it? Wow, that's crazy. That's flown by. Yeah, imagine when we start to get good at it. <laughs> I don't think people want us to get good. We'll just stay shit. <laughs> we'll just be. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we just want to be just slightly better than mediocre. That's the aim. That's right. Slight, just slightly above the West Tigers level. We just want to be. We want to be eighth and a half. Trying to not get fired is the goal. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's the plan. <laughs> Alrighty, people. Uh, love your work. Make sure you tune in next week. Or sorry, next episode because we'll do a preview of the grand final next week. We'll do a review of it. There you go. Almost saved my ass there. Uh, thanks for tuning in. 
catches all next time.